I'm Nancy Showalter, and you're listening to Spirituality for the Politically Incorrect podcast. Welcome, all radical paradigm shifters and creative change makers. You who dare to create a better life and a better world, tap into the power that resides within you and use that power for constructive change. Hello and welcome, everyone. Welcome to our episode today as we continue our discussion from last week on the question, does America have a special role that is spiritual in nature? And I'm very happy to welcome back this week, Alberta Fredrickson, who is author, teacher, and coach. And she's also a student of the Ascended Masters for many years. So hi, Alberta, and welcome. It's so good to have you back. Thank you, Nancy. It's good to be with you again, too. This week, we're going to take a much broader and higher perspective on this topic. And we need to keep in mind that in this vast universe and cosmos, there's a greater plan that is bigger than any one of our lives, and even any one planet in this magnificent universe. And this is the perspective from the Ascended Masters that we're going to look at today. There is a hierarchy in heaven, meaning all life in the cosmos is part of the one, part of God. People call the one God. They might have other names, but basically all life has a level of intelligence, including plants and animals. And all life comes from and was created by the one source, which again is commonly referred to as God. So we do use that word because we refer to, to it that way also. And All life is evolving, so nothing stays static. Either we progress in consciousness or we fall back. Now, in addition to the sons and daughters of God, there is the angelic kingdom and the elemental kingdom. And that elemental kingdoms are beings that ensoul the elements in the physical world. Now, we're not going to get into that in this particular episode, but uh, at a later one, we probably will. Now, we know that we each have a unique purpose for each incarnation here on earth, and we're destined to outpicture or to demonstrate that divine purpose for which we were created, and then to return permanently to the source, that, that, that total reunion, the I am presence. And at that point, we too will be an ascended master, no longer required to embody in the physical dimension. And Alberta, just as we each have a divine plan, each planet and each nation also has a divine plan. And this is where the divine purpose of America comes into play. Yes, it's pretty amazing how all of this fits together so beautifully. And getting a greater understanding of what the divine intention might be for all of us is very exciting to me. Last week, we shared some of what the Ascended Masters have taught us regarding the concept that America is really a grand experiment of the Great White Brotherhood. It's actually an experiment in freedom, and it wasn't foreordained, and they didn't know how it would turn out. So now the Great White Brotherhood is the group of individuals, both ascended and unascended, and it does include individuals of all races, creeds, nationalities. So our beloved St. Germain, who is the Ascended Master for this Aquarian age, 
has explained to us that America really was and still is an experiment and that there are no psychological or astrological predictions that determine the outcome of America's fate. It is not foreordained. It will be what we make of this amazing opportunity. So there's nothing automatic about the fulfillment of a cosmic destiny. America is simply an opportunity. It's a gift of freedom, like the gift of free will that we have is placed in the hands and the hearts of a specific group of people with the divine intention of bringing it to the whole planet. If indeed there is to be a victory of freedom on this planet, a real cosmic destiny forged and won on this continent of North America, it will be because this people have made this quality of freedom, sometimes referred to as the work of the ages, their own. So we also know, as we shared last week from the historians who have deeply researched the life of Christopher Columbus, that before America was a nation, she was an inspiration in the heart and mind of this visionary explorer, Christopher Columbus. And we know that this is one of the previous embodiments of beloved St. Germain. And this is what they found in the diaries of Christopher Columbus, as he himself wrote about how he came to the Americas. He wrote, It was the Lord who put into my mind. I could feel his hand upon me. The fact that it would be possible to sail from here to the Indies, meaning from Europe to the Indies. All who heard of my project rejected it with laughter, ridiculing me. There is no question that the inspiration was from the Holy Spirit because he comforted me with rays of marvelous inspiration from the Holy Scriptures. I am a most unworthy sinner, but I have cried out to the Lord for grace and mercy, and they have covered me completely. I have found the sweetest consolation since I made it my whole purpose to enjoy his marvelous presence. For the execution of the journey to the Indies, I did not make use of intelligence, mathematics, or maps. It is simply the fulfillment of what Isaiah had prophesied in the Bible. So just think of the power of the Holy Spirit and the personal courage it required to take off sailing with three small ships on such a voyage when most of the world thought that they would sail right off the edge of a flat world if they thought of it at all. Yes, and the Masters also emphasize that while they sponsor the concept of the nation of America, they're not separatists regarding America. Rather, again, they say it is the place of the experimentation. And they also say that if the experiment fails in America, it will not succeed anywhere else. It is a sponsored nation. I mean, but each nation has a divine plan of its own to fulfill. And according to their divine destinies, the various nations of the world represent the various parts of the earth body from a spiritual perspective, like the seven chakras. In fact, they've told us that people of ancient Atlantis and even Lemuria have reincarnated in America to take up where they left off and to finish the work begun. Right, and they, they've emphasized that America it's not just a nation. It's more than that. It's more than a nation in that it is a symbol to all people of the possibility 
to actually realize both individual and world freedom, the very concept of world freedom. And this possibility and the responsibility for it rests upon the shoulders of the light bearers. That's the name given to those souls who have known freedom in the past, those who have embraced it and realized the potential for the expansion of this flame of liberty and freedom in the heart of all light bearers in the whole world and all the nations in the world. Currently, we are experiencing in our news some rather radical elements who openly state their goal, that they are Marxist trained, trained and that their intention is to tear down this system of freedom and governing, which means they want to override the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. There are efforts not only to destroy, but also to attempt to rewrite our national history. Yeah, and we, we see evidence of that, of course, in the tearing down of monuments, also the rewriting of textbooks. It's quite yes. amazing. And, and, you know, you see some of these commentators go around and talk to college students, even professors sometimes, and teachers, right. and they don't know the history of this country. They can't even answer basic questions. And it's mm-hmm. very, it's kind of scary. And, you know, the masters have stated that while heaven's working with us to rescue many parts of the world, that this is the time when we must concentrate on America itself, because America is going through this great trial. And we, we see that every day in the news. And they're clear that with all of this division, it becomes more and more difficult for America to manifest her divine purpose and be the model nation of freedom and liberty to welcome all as the melting part of the world and still protect her borders. The masters are in favor of protecting the borders and to still send her treasure and her blood to the rescue of peoples and nations around this entire planetary body without falling prey to the vicious energy that is hatred of America. Right. This hatred of America is really hatred of the light. The masters say it's the hatred of the light, the hatred of the Christ consciousness, hatred of the platform where one is free enough to be able and allowed to rise in consciousness. That's not the case in all countries. Now, the master El Moria said that we need to let the voice of America return to one voice, one sound of the will of God. So that one voice is meant to be in alignment with the will of God. It's not a destructive voice. It's not a violent voice. It's, you know, the will of God. Right. Let the people of America come together in the reality of cosmic history and not a history revised, he says. Well, that's that's the, the, um, the need of the hour is to bring forth some level of unity where we're not so divided over every little aspect, including every part of even our history. And St. Germain has added to that that saying that you just gave us from El Moria, um, he he said, the land of America in the main, so little understood by most of us, is of far more importance to all life on this planet than most of us can imagine. America is a land somewhat different from others because it is here that is gathered from every land those who love freedom. Yeah, the the melting pot. 
Yeah, they've experienced it before. They know it when they see it. And they also know it when they're denied it. He encourages us to remember the words. St. Germain says, conceived in liberty. These words appear, of course, in the famous Gettysburg Address spoken by President Abraham Lincoln nearly a century ago. And that St. Germain said that he actually inspired the words of that address. So the masters have been with us throughout this entire existence of this country and are still with us. And I can remember my days in school when we were asked to memorize the Gettysburg Address and then to recite it aloud in our classrooms. The masters were also behind the idea of placing the great Statue of Liberty in the New York Harbor. Now this was a gift from the people of France to America at that time. And it stood as the open door to our great land and St. Germain said that the radiating light and flame of divine love from the gracious goddess of liberty through that statue, whose likeness it is, is a much more powerful protection to our eastern seaboard and the entire nation than any unascended being has any idea. So it's not just a statue. It is a focus, a focus of light and a protection to our eastern seashore border. Right. And Probably people aren't aware, but the goddess of liberty is actually also uh, a master in the highest spiritual realms. Right. And that is what this statue, as you just said, it's that likeness, they matching that vibration and people who come over on the boat or plane or whatever, when they see the Statue of Liberty, many, many immigrants have said how it's just like they're coming home. Right, and we can only imagine how many little replicas of the Statue of Liberty have been sold and distributed all across the planet from people who have visited here and, and take it home as a memento and a souvenir. Yeah, it, it carries a definite vibration if you've yeah. ever visited it. It's magnificent. Well, St. Germain also told us that the idea of Paying a price for liberty requires eternal vigilance. And so that's a, that's a phrase that we could ponder for quite some time. What does it really mean? But it does mean that it is one of the prices of liberty to have a nation that is free. And therefore, uh, having a strong and a grateful sense of love for your own country, not only your native land, but also for any adopted nation if you're a new citizen, and a fervently determined desire to have them well governed, governed, as well as protected at all times, should not be considered as belonging only to a few who are able to dedicate all of their time and energies to this project. It's for all of us. We have to value it. We have to treasure it. We have to understand what it really means. And the masters have taught us that they would also like to expand in the consciousness of those that are in America, in the United States, and in the world, an awareness of the oneness of life upon the entire planet, that we could actually be able to create in America a future that holds a holy family concept and draw all mankind together and set before the people of this planet what St. Germain refers to as a cup of light in the heart of America. So once again, we see this idea of building and holding and, and living a holy family concept as an example 
to the entire planet. Right, and, and that's another thing that's being attacked in our society. Yeah, there's tremendous opposition to this whole idea. And what an attack on the family in all the forms that we see it in the news now. And all more in favor of a more selfish, a, a, adopting a more selfish nature about how the world's supposed to be providing for us as individuals instead of what we are contributing to building a world that God would have. Yeah, and you know, with all of this, <laughs> someone might ask, if America was sponsored by the Ascended Masters and it was conceived in liberty and justice for all, how did we get where we are now? What happened and who's responsible? Well, that is the question of the hour, of course, because we see now how people know that there's something not right, um, but they don't have all the insight into what is the right way to fix it. And we're all busy dealing with our our own life and our own karma and all of the things that are set before us in daily living, that it's really like a question that keeps putting off to the back burner somehow. We don't really concentrate on it to see what might be the solutions that are right here with us right now that we can use that would be a right way to fix it. Right. And, you know, I, I think we can find answers in our history and the biblical scriptures, as well as what the masters have revealed to us. And just going back in a simple look at the world when Jesus incarnated in the Middle East 2,000 years ago. I think sometimes, you know, we have a distorted view of the totality of Jesus' mission. Mm -hmm. He himself said, think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I'm come to, not to send peace, but a sword. I mean, that can't be any more direct. That's right. He came for the judgment of the fallen ones, those of darkness. And he said that many times as he's going through his ministry. Yes, you know, he preached love and gave us the two greatest commandments, to love God with your whole heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. He, and he demonstrated what he meant by that, by healing the sick, helping the poor, not condemning the sinner, and then going through the crucifixion, resurrection, transfiguration, and ascension. He actually demonstrated for us the very initiations we must also go through. Not necessarily in the physical sense like he did. We don't have to be crucified on a cross. But spiritually, we must go through them in whatever way, you know, the law deems and, and unfolds in our life. I think this is one of the most important things that we can gain from our study of the teachings is that all of those things that came from the great teachers, the steps they went through, the troubles they experienced, the victories they had, all of those were meant to be a roadmap. And that was the whole meaning of Jesus' life. Yeah. And it was meant to be a roadmap for us and for all those who will follow us. So Jesus, I mean, he also recognized that this planet was not being ruled by forces of light. And that's what he came to expose. And so he, he came in knowing that he was going to be um, standing up against great opposition and opposition that, of course, would attempt to take him out of life, to, to have him leave life. And what it gave him was the opportunity to demonstrate to us the life beyond. So when Jesus was among the people and teaching at one point, he prayed to his father, asking the father to glorify the father's name, meaning the father's name. 
and a voice came out of heaven saying that he had glorified it and he will glorify it again. And the people heard this voice. And then Jesus explained to him to them that the voice came for their sakes and not his. So he could demonstrate that God was listening, God was observing, the Father God was with us, and he knows what we're about and he knows what we're doing and that we can't hide it from him, no matter what we think. We can't hide it. And his next statement, of course, to the people was, now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Yeah, he recognized the prince of this world, meaning the powers that control this planet. And that is what he came to expose. And we also read in the book of Ephesians, where we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. It's like the apostle, apostles knew this. They were taught by Jesus. Not right. everything Jesus said is recorded in the scriptures. Right. I mean, you remember the, the apostles were saying it would take volumes and volumes and volumes to all of Jesus' teachings. Right. But, and some of those and some of those scripture that was written, of course, was written even some years after the lifetime of Jesus. Well, and then there's the books of the Bible that were eliminated once the Roman church Roman uh, government got a hold of it and decided to embrace the church of Christ, you know, Christianity followers of Christ. Right. But basically Jesus wasn't he was not only aware of the darkness on earth but he actually came for its judgment. Yeah. And we have to think of those times in those days. You know, I see, I see people today, and it seems like some people think that inequality, slavery, caste systems, and the like all started with the conception of America. And of course, that's not so. No. Now, this episode is not a history lesson, but think of what Paul wrote to the Galatians. Once Jesus came with his message, Paul described all of this inequality changing, because this is what Jesus brought. Paul wrote, wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. In other words, the law, all this strict Jewish law and all these different strict things, that was the schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, but then, but after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For ye are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as you have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And we need to think about, think about, Women had no status. They were property of their husbands. Children were property of their husbands. There was slavery. There was all of this inequality. And that's been going on, not just in the time of Jesus, but a long time. Yeah, it's the history of our, our world as we know it. Um, and so these are the instructions that Jesus brought to the disciples and to the followers. And, and he had to know that they they wouldn't all accept them because it was so contrary to the actual lives that they were living and the circumstances of the lives that they were living. And so these kind of concepts have persisted 
for many, many hundreds of years now. And that's why the incarnation of Jesus Christ and his mission as the beginning of a Piscean age was so impactful because it was something that had to be new. It was a renewal in some forms, but it was a brand new uh, aspect in other ways to be looking at the lives you're living and then be giving these teachings that seem so apparently contrary to it. And yet knowing by your experience of being and walking with, with Jesus and with the Christ and with the teachings and with the disciples, that it was different somehow. Things the, were different now and forever. Right. And the disciples struggled with this. Mm-hmm. That's, that's why Paul's writing what he wrote. And there were conflicts they're human beings at a certain level of consciousness at that moment in a society that, you know, they had to fit into and and that's how they were taught and that's how it was. And so you see where they really had to struggle about this oneness with each other, love your neighbor as yourself, seeing everyone as equal. It was very challenging. And I mean, you know, you can study the history of it. And here we are at the end of a so-called Piscean age when that judgment that he prophesied, that Jesus prophesied, does come to fulfillment, to full fulfillment. Um, we can see it now. We're, we're in the same boat as the disciples of not wanting to accept certain things or certain changes that have to be made. And it's contrary to what we have lived and what's the history behind us and behind our parents and all others. But that's also the very reason why America is a great and grand experiment in freedom. If we really get freedom, what will we do with it? Yeah. What does it mean to us to have this grand experiment in freedom? But the masters didn't, I mean, there was no foretelling that it was going to succeed. So they were putting their energy and their light and all that they could, their instruction behind our being able to succeed in the carrying out of this great and grand experiment in freedom. Yes, and I mean, even our founders recognized this. They said, you know, we've created a republic. I mean, they went, they took a long time to come up with our form of government so that it could be of the people, by the people, for the people, instead of the hierarchical structures, you know, of the past and or dictators of the past or whatever. And so it behooves us to really understand and look at Jesus' life and and others. He advocated this whole new law of the two great commandments and this equality. He was revolutionary. And uh, the, the thing here is though, you notice he didn't take up arms against the Roman empire, even though they're gonna try to murder him. And the many wanted him to, they wanted him They wanted him to lead them in battle to overturn what they considered, you know, a very corrupt government and be the leader of of the uh, Israelites in in that that area. And no, he said, that's not my mission. He came to show us that really the revolution in this day and age is a revolution in higher consciousness. And until we accelerate to this higher consciousness, till we become in alignment with our own God self within us, and which is God's will, and until we manifest that in our society, we are um, not in alignment, and it's not going to—it's uh, not going to happen by just constantly overthrow a leader. 
No, and it's also not going to happen by thinking someone else will do it. We are the players on the stage in this day, in this hour, and in this time. And so it really is up to us. Yeah. And so in many ways, we will have to be revolutionaries to our own way of doing things. We'll have to change our ways that we don't want to. And so we become the revolutionaries in our own world. Right, exactly. So Jesus recognized these four stark forces. He recognized that they were in control of the planet, basically. He said, you know, the prince of this world cometh, but he has nothing in me. And that is a great clue to us. What did he mean by that? What he meant was he had purified. He was pure. He, he didn't have any uh, anger, any resentments, any fears, any, you know, he knew who he was. He's the living Christ, the son of God. And he came to manifest that to us. And so the force of darkness has nothing in you when you have purged yourself of these lower vibrations and are truly at the level of the Christ consciousness or the higher mental body or Buddha consciousness, whatever you want to call it. And this is what Jesus demonstrated for us. Yes. So that's a clue because these forces have worked their way into all aspects of the planet, including America. I mean, I think we can see that. Yes. And we examine all of this and have to ask, how do these negative forces come to be on this planet? How did this happen? You know, do we know anything about our cosmic history? Well, fortunately, the answer is yes. The masters, as well as a lot of researchers and scientists, have revealed a lot that is not necessarily abundantly clear in the scriptures of the world. Right. I mean, they may be referenced or things we don't pay attention to, we don't give enough attention or understanding to. Um, in the first episodes of this podcast, I talked extensively about this with the researcher, Mark Myers, and he will join Alberta and me next week as we go deeper into this subject and see how it's impacting us right now and what shift of consciousness is needed and what tools we can employ to make an impact. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I am too. It's an exciting episode coming up next week. So everybody don't miss it. And we'll see you next week. Until then, keep an open mind, a generous heart, and a powerful spirit. Thank you for being with me today. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, download and comment. I'd love to hear from you and your support is much appreciated. And don't forget, go to nancyshowalter.com to get your free electronic copy of my book, It's Okay to Be Rich, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Increased Wealth and Personal Mastery, endorsed by T. Harv Ecker. And my free mini course, How to Speak Your Success, The Shocking Truth of How Your Words Impact Achieving Your Goals. I'll see you next week.